we know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, TV, And to find out about the programming that we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net and on the Exxon TV channel, which is channel number 21 on Simultv, go to www.simultv.com. My guest this hour is a gentleman I've had the pleasure of having on the show a number of times. His name is Dale Kazmarek, and he's been investigating paranormal phenomenon since 1975. He co-founded the Ghost Trackers Club in 1977 with Martin V. Ricardo and worked for five years as its research assistant. Now, in 1982, Dale assumed the sole owner of what would become Ghost Research Society. He has investigated almost 4,100 cases. Uh, that's around the world, both public and private. 
He is frequently called upon to lecture at conferences, give workshops on the paranormal and ghost hunting techniques, and teach his courses on the paranormal. Dale offers a free service for those interested in having photographs examined that might be deemed paranormal. He approaches the paranormal from a scientific standpoint, but has worked with a number of psychics over the years as well. Now, he is a believer in the um, paranormal, but seasons his beliefs with a bit of skepticism. Dale has accumulated a wide variety of the latest in state-of-the-art paranormal equipment that complements his work in the field. Website, www.ghostresearch.org. And Dale, my man, welcome back to the Exxon. Long time, no talk. Yeah, thank you so much. Nice, very nice uh, introduction there for me. Appreciate it. Well, I only tell the truth here. If I like you, I like you. If I don't, I, you, know, you know that pretty fast. But anyway, what's new in the world of ghost hunting in the Windy City? Well, as usual, we're extremely busy. Uh, we average about 25 to 30 cases a year, and that's wow. mostly just during the summer months. Uh, during the, the winter months, we tend to do more inside investigations, mm-hmm. uh, private homes, uh, movie theaters, uh, restaurants, places of that nature that may have a paranormal past to it. Uh, we're working with a lot of new equipment that we uh, came across here just recently, which is really uh, really augmented what we do. We do a lot of uh, EVP, electronic voice phenomena right. sessions, where we try to gather or uh, elicit a response from uh, spares that might be uh, lingering mm-hmm. uh, at a place we're investigating. And a lot of these new devices now are what I like to call real-time devices. In other words, you get an actual response, as you can hear in real time, and build on the conversation. So it really kind of helps to kind of push along the ball down the road, so to speak, when uh, instead of in the past where you ask a question, you leave some blank space, right. ask another question, leave some blank space, and then go back you know, a few days later and review that. Mm-hmm. That's not really uh, a two-way communication. It's kind of one-sided. So these real-time devices that we're using now kind of give us a, a, kind of an overview of what they're thinking at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, responding to us in real time, and then we can kind of build from there. So it must save you a lot of time during the investigation. And can you tell us about this new technology that you're using? Yeah, we have a number of devices that we use. Uh, one of my favorites is the Obelisk. Uh-huh. Uh, I use an older version called an Obelisk X. Uh, it has uh, several different modes. One is a dictionary mode, where there's about 4,000 some odd words, very common to, to the English language. The idea is you ask a question, and then the spirits are able to manipulate the database in there and maybe pull out an appropriate response. Uh, We we tend to use it a lot in what's called a phonetic mode, though. In phonetic mode, it actually allows the spirits to form their own words. It's actually a speech synthesizer built in, so it can actually put together vowels and consonants to form words and then string those words into into entire sentences. So we have gotten entire sentences coming through, uh, which is really amazing. Uh, We use a number of ghost boxes, and I know a lot of people kind of frown on ghost boxes uh, because they do tend to sometimes pick up, you know, stray radio signals in the background. Right. Uh, what we're looking for really is not so much those responses. What we're looking for is things that are in the white noise between the channels. And some of our devices now even give us the capability of disabling the antenna so you're not picking up any radio frequency at all, mm-hmm. unless you happen to be in an area with a very, very strong signal. What kind of sentences are you getting from the other side, and what's it like to be able to talk to a spirit in real time? Well, it's amazing. Um, you know, it's, it's a really a, a leap beyond what originally the, the early EVPers uh, used to do. Mm-hmm. In other words, they would sit in front of a, an old reel-to-reel tape recorder, open reel tape recorder, and some would play like white noise in the background. Uh, some would just ask questions. They'd come back at a certain time, at a certain day of the week, and they would try to converse with spirits. Now, in some cases, they were very successful. Um, the, ori- the early EVP was uh, probably a guy named um, uh, Jorgensen, who actually basically was out trying to uh, pick up uh, bird calls and uh, out in the open. Mm-hmm. And when he played those back, he found that he had voices in the background. So it was uh, probably the very first accidental case of a capture of an EVP. But just some of the responses we get are kind of amazing. To give you a couple of examples here, we were investigating a location uh, in uh, 
Goshen, Indiana, mm-hmm. there was a couple of old cemeteries that had no markers. It just had a sign where the cemetery used to be. And we asked the question, how many graves are here? And it was a slight pause. And then through this device comes a very, very strong voice that says, more than 100. Um, we just got one. I just uh, just got done listening to here a second ago. Uh, not to, I was reviewing some, some audio I had here. And uh, it actually called me by my name. And it was really clear. It was a male voice that actually said, hey, Dale. I'm frightened. A very, very clear voice. And this is what we, one of the more advancing technologies we've been looking at is one called a phasma box. Now, a phasma box is actually an application that you have to use it on a uh, Windows-based device like a a tablet or, or a laptop. And it actually employs what they call sound banks. And some Internet radio stations were added to create a mix now, they have a reverb and an echo effect for the sound banks only. And what happens is that these devices, uh, the spirits are able to manipulate supposedly the sound banks in there and dr- pull out these messages. Now, we don't just get words. We get entire sentences coming through here. And, you know, again, the technology is something that we're looking into um, and... The reason I'm putting so much confidence in it right now is, is the responses we're getting. We're getting direct responses almost instantaneously to questions we just asked. Do the spirits identify themselves? For example, if you were to say, uh, what is your name, would they give you an answer? We have. We have been several times uh, using this device. We've only been using mm-hmm. this for about uh, a little more than a year now. Right. And uh, so... In that time, we've, we've come across names. Now, names don't come across as often as we would like, and in some cases, names would be called out even though we don't ask who's your name. Uh, so, uh, but it's, it's kind of, it's almost kind of eerie when you're, when you get your own name called out during an EVP session. Especially and from some, a spirit on the other side, time. yeah. Uh, not only using this device, but using other devices like in ghost boxes or Diabolus in phonetic mode. So it's kind of creepy when you hear your own name come through. You know, Dale is not really a, a super common name, not, not like Jim or Joe or Mike or something right, like right. that. So um, when you hear that come through, and we often ask when we're doing EVP sessions, uh, can, you, can you give us your name or can you name people in the room? And in some cases, it does say people's names who are in the room with us, which is pretty interesting. It must be really freaky to know that this voice is coming from the other side and not knowing exactly what's on the other side makes it that much more freaky. It is. It absolutely is. Um, that's why this, this, this is really a kind of a new and growing yeah. technology. And uh, there's so many of these, these devices I'm kind of looking into uh, that are on the Internet. There's, there's one that's actually called a pair of tech word generator, uh, which I haven't quite had a chance to look at that mm-hmm. uh, very carefully yet. But it does sort of the same thing that the obelisk does. It has a kind of a bank of words that, again, they're very random words. There's 4,000 some odd words right. in there. So when you ask a specific question, like, what is your favorite color? And blue comes through. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how old are you? And a number comes through. Whoa, I'm sorry about that. The producer's just letting me know about that. Uh, we've got a break. So please sure. stand by, Daryl. Uh, Daryl. Dale. It's one of those days, my friend. Dale Kazmarek's our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. www.ghostresearch.org. And I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? 
Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Dale Kazmarek our special guest of this hour, Nation. His website is ghostresearch.org. Uh, Dale, for our listeners who may be joining us for the first time uh, through the uh, Simul Network, how would you describe a ghost? That's an interesting question. It really depends on who you talk to. In my opinion... A ghost is a disembodied spirit that mm-hmm. hasn't quite made the transition from this world to the other side. Uh, and there can be a number of reasons for that. Uh, most often for repeated scenario is some sort of untimely death. A murder, a suicide, yeah. a car crash, a train wreck, a plane crash, a drive-by shooting, a drowning, something where you weren't perhaps supposed mm-hmm. to leave the earth when you did. It was an accident, or in some cases there were violence perpetrated upon a person. Uh, there are other reasons that ghosts can come back. Now, one reason, uh, is one of the top reasons is that they just re- relish more life. Uh, they were very emotionally attached to maybe a person, an animal, an inanimate object like a home or even family heirlooms. And these can actually uh, have like what you call place memories where people can actually pick up uh, what they believe to be psychics, that is, can pick up both through psychometry what they believe to be a spirit attachments to mm-hmm. some of these objects. So there are many examples of, of objects uh, uh, being, uh, I won't say possessed, but at least have some sort of spirit attachment to it. So spirits um, sometimes drop in during times of, uh, of uh, uh, when people are going through a rough time in their life. I, I like to call it kind of a visitation apparition. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they simply, uh, you know, to me it would be very sad to be a ghost because basically you kind of see your friends, your family grow old, they die off, 
and you're still around. It's just kind of like almost a self-made purgatory. Hmm, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Why, why is it, in your opinion, that some people can have the opportunity of seeing a ghost and other people go their entire lifetime without ever seeing one? I believe it has a lot to do with the, the person's temperament and how they believe or disbelieve in the, in the, the spirit realm. I think uh, uh, you know, that if you're a very diehard skeptic mm-hmm. and you say no matter what you see, no matter that little shadow out of the corner of your eye, that thing that may have moved across the room or you thought moved across the room or something, hurt, you heard footsteps, and you're always explaining it as something else, something else, it's like turning off a light switch, basically. You're never going to see anything that you believe to be paranormal, and you're probably not going to believe if you do see. Uh, I always tell people to keep an open mind. Uh, whether you believe or disbelieve, just think that this is a possibility. Yeah. And I think if, it's, if you keep that kind of an open mind and that mindset, you better your chances of having a paranormal encounter. Dale, what was it in your life that, that put you on this path that you're on as a ghost researcher? Well, it wasn't uh, that I had a personal experience myself. I mean, I had a kind of a dull childhood, to say this. Uh, but it was my parents and my grandparents telling me ghost stories when I was a youngster. Mm-hmm. And my parents, uh, you know, I'm 100% Polish as they come. My parents, my, my grandparents and on both sides came from Poland. My grandmother, in her broken English, would tell me ghost stories from the old country. And... There's a very famous story out here in Chicago of a hitchhiking ghost called Resurrection Mary that dates back to the mid-1930s. That was the very first ghost story I was ever told by my parents. And it was kind of, uh, to make a long story short, but my dad and my mom were dating in the late 1930s, early 1940s. My dad would take my mom out to a movie, a show, or a dinner, and on the way back home, it was his idea to drive around the cemetery in the middle of the night looking for this ghost much to the chagrin of my mom, who was absolutely <laughs> terrified. Um, and she often told me this, that it, it was a, almost a Saturday night vigil for them. They never saw anything, but when they passed these stories down, down to me, uh, it, it kind of lit a candle flame in me, I guess, to find out if these stories that I was told as a youngster mm-hmm. were simply urban legends, old wives' tales, or something else. Out of the more than, uh, what was it, 4,100 cases that you yourself have investigated over the years, has is, is there one case that really sticks out in your mind that you can share with us? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, well, there was a, a case that's really kind of an ongoing case that we, that we did in Oswego, Illinois, which is a suburb just west of Chicago. Here. Right. And uh, we had went there a number of times. In fact, the, the woman uh, that uh, was having these experiences actually had similar experiences in the other home that she lived in. So she kind of like, uh, this is kind of a, uh, not already a haunted house, but really a haunted person. And, uh, you know, ghosts can actually be attached you know, to a person. So when they move from place to place, the ghost kind of follows around with them. It's not like you're moving into one haunted house after another. Right. Okay. And she claimed that she believed she knew who was haunting her. It was her mom, who was a very abusive parent. Uh, she was a pedophile. She was a drug oh abuser. My God. Uh, she was not a, good, not a good role model at all. And at the end of her life, uh, they had separated because they couldn't live together anymore because she was staying with the, with, the, with the daughter for a while, and she moved to an apartment and fell asleep with a cigarette, and the place went up in flames. So... Basically, she had died probably from smoke inhalation and maybe some burns. Mm-hmm. And almost immediately after that, things began happening in this woman's room, um, in her bedroom, her master bedroom. It got to the point, the footsteps, the, the, uh, the doors opening and closing, uh, disembodied voices, um, that she was actually forced out of her bedroom. Uh, one interesting story I'd like to share real quickly. Sure. She does a lot of repurposing of old antiques, and she had this mm-hmm. one client who was going to come over one afternoon to pick up something that she had designed for her. And she said, well, she knew this woman. She said, if, if I don't answer the door, I might be downstairs in the basement, you know, working on something, just let yourself in. So she knocked on the door, no answer. She came in, and she called to Anita. Anita, are you here? And she said, oh, I'll come upstairs. Well, she remember, she's down in the basement. Right. So this woman goes upstairs looking for Anita. Anita comes out of the basement, sees this woman walk, walking around upstairs. She goes, what are you doing up there? She goes, 
you just called me. She goes, I can't, couldn't, couldn't have called you. I was in the basement. She didn't say a word. She left the house white as a ghost, never came back, never responded to emails, texts, wow. anything after that. She never came back to get her stuff. We were doing an investigation in the bedroom, the right. master bedroom. And uh, we were all sitting around. We had tape recorders running. We had cameras running. And one of our investigators asked the question, did you die in a fire? And immediately we heard a sound of, of, of a woman kind of going, ah, ah, kind of like she was in distress. And we had a kind of a rookie investigator with us who right away thought, well, it's got to be a cat, right? There's no cats in here. There's no animals in the neighborhood. And this was summer. This was, well, this was kind of chillier out, I would think, uh, in the evening. And the windows were closed, so we weren't picking up outside noise. And we asked the follow-up question, is that you? And we still got that. But kind of a lot, lot fainter. We actually put Anita in the bedroom to kind of act as a human trigger object, right. kind of uh, to elicit a response. Uh, she said, if you call me, you guys are going to come running upstairs. I said, we got you on camera. We can see you all the time. And the whole time she was in there, she was hearing noises, and we could hear the noises of people upstairs. We took a break. We went down to the, uh, the command center where we had cameras set up. We had one we had two people upstairs sitting down in the bathroom doing an EVP session. We could see them on the camera. They were sitting down the whole time. And about that time, we all heard three or four sets of running feet run directly over us into another bedroom. Nobody else upstairs. We all looked upstairs and they go, what is that from? It's still an ongoing case. There is such bizarre phenomena. She's sleeping right now in a studio couch downstairs refuses to go back into her bedroom. Her husband was kind of a skeptic until he began to see things himself. And then he, you know, kind of, well, maybe there is something going on here after all. <laughs> Seeing is believing, right? Exactly. It's one of our m most interesting cases. We actually were on a, a segment of Paranormal Survivor for that, and she told her story on that. And uh, very believable. There's so many things that more I could tell you about that case just to – the, the strange appearances of objects, uh, you know, uh, disembodied voices, shadow figures that she saw. I mean, it was really quite amazing. How often do try and pee, uh, do people try and pull the wool over your eyes? Well, I've actually never had that happen, at least from what I've been able to determine. I do a very thorough uh, interview with people. First right. of all, I'd like to have them tell their story in their own words, and then I kind of fill in the blanks with questions mm -hmm. and things I need to ask. And I've never yet been to a place where it was staged, where people were pulling, trying to pull the wall over my eyes. And really, what purpose would it serve? Because there's really no financial gain. It's really a waste of their time and my time both. Uh, but again, I can pretty much tell from what people are telling me, because I've interviewed so many people on the past, whether or not this is something a little bit too good to, to, to be true. Why is the Chicago area so haunted? Well, Chicago has a rich history of untimely death and violence. So many places, the Great Chicago Fire, the mm -hmm. Iroquois Theater Fire, the Eastland that capsized, killing 844 people, a uh, plane crash of Flight 191 that lost an engine, uh, killed 286 people, uh, the uh, Our Lady of Angels Fire, killing 90 children. Oh, I mean, over and over and over again, violent death, and in some cases, massive death. So... Lots of these locations where people uh, were here one moment, mm -hmm. gone the next. Perfect example, plane coming down, crashing. Uh, they still linger at these locations. We've got some amazing evidence at the site of the flight crash, uh, flight, 19, flight 191 crash in 1979, and we're hoping to go back there this year. All right, Dale, uh, we're going to have to take a break for our news. We'll be back uh, on the other side. As we continue talking to our good friend, Dale Kazmarek, he's the author of Windy City Ghosts, Windy City's Ghosts 2, and he's also got a field guide to spirit photography, illuminating the darkness, the mystery of spook lights, field guide to ghost hunting techniques, and much more. His website is ghostresearch.org. We'll be back after this news break. Don't go away.
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation Dale Kazmarek is our special guest. His website is ghostresearch.org. And Dale, with all the ghosts that you were, all the disasters and the fires and and all the um, death that has occurred, do these spirits finally go to the other side where they can rest and, uh, you know, or do they remain for some unknown reason? Well, again, um, because you, the theory is that many people that die suddenly or violently yeah. don't realize that they have passed on, mm-hmm. they think that they're still alive in many cases. That's why they will oh. continue to be seen, maybe at the place of their death, uh, maybe at a house they lived in for a long period of time. That's why you get the, the idea with the residual haunt, right, which right. is footsteps that are constant, you know, dishes rattling in the morning, somebody cleaning up their dishes after their breakfast, uh, pots and pans rattling, you know, radios, TV sets going off and on, flickering of lights, things of that nature. These are all common things that these people did while they were alive. Uh, so if they're still hanging around for whatever reason, perhaps not realizing that they have passed on, they might just continue to do those things uh, that they did in the after, uh, before they died. And the, uh, the other flip side of that coin, mm-hmm. obviously, would be, you know, do they, do they eventually move on? Well, in, in, in some cases, yes, they do. In some mm-hmm. cases... Uh, I do work with professional psychics, uh, have in the past, that claim to be able to make that connection, if you will, and to kind of show them the way to the other side, tell them to kind of reach out to friends and loved ones who have passed over on the other side, not necessarily telling them to go to the light, which is kind of a, a misnomer in, in, in my way of thinking, because, you know, we know what ghosts look like. You know, at least we know what, what, how ghosts are depicted through Hollywood, through motion pictures and so forth. Uh, in, in real cases, but we don't know what a spirit look, uh, looks like, um, uh, what they what right. they perceive us as, in other words. Is, is there a difference between a ghost and a spirit? No, not really. Okay. I'd use those words interchangeably, right. I guess. I should probably just say ghost, but we don't know how a, a spirit sees us. They mm. may see us as a light, as a energy source, as a, as a brilliant white light of some kind, because we have that... that, that, that that living energy, right? But so by telling a spirit or a ghost to go to the light, you might be telling them to go and attach yourself to the nearest person and stay there. I mean, we don't know. It's just kind yeah. of a theory of mine. It's kind of 
thing I've been working on for a number of years. You know, you've been working on, like you said, on, on ghost cases for many years, over 4,100 cases yourselves around, yourself around the world. When do you think that the smoking gun as to the reality of ghosts will be, will be established? Yeah, uh, I think when the, when the technology finally catches up. I mean, we're getting mm-hmm. to that point now where more and more uh, interesting pieces of equipment are coming forward. When I first started back in the mid-1970s, late-1970s, there was no such equipment as you see in today. I started out with a, with a, a tape recorder, a cassette tape recorder, a 35-millimeter mm-hmm. camera, and my EMF meter was a compass. Uh, and that's all basically they had back then. Uh, as technology began to catch up, we started to uh, take devices that had other purposes, such as you know cell sensors yes. and things of that nature, Dr. Gauss meters, which pick up electromagnetic frequency, but not necessarily ghosts, and we adapted them to ghost hunting. Now we got new technology, bright minds out there that are devising and building specific equipment designed only for that purpose of paranormal research. So as technology continues to grow, uh, we're going to eventually, I hope, make a major breakthrough. So a major piece of equipment is going to be developed somewhere uh, to make that connection. If you remember, even Thomas Edison was working on a device which he thought could communicate with spirits. That, that very brilliant mind of his thought there was some mm-hmm. way that he would be able to connect. And, of course, those plans that he were working on were lost forever. Can a ghost or a spirit harm a human? I would say no. In my opinion, and again, this is my opinion, and I've, I've worked on a number of cases. Mm-hmm. I've also, you know, read tons of books. I've, uh, I've uh, you know, went through the, the literature of ghosts and, you know, different cases. And in, in all the cases I've studied, uh, nobody's ever been harmed by a ghost. Now, there are cases where poltergeist-like activity takes place, where there's some movements of objects. But even in those cases... There are reports that the objects seem to zigzag around people, not even trying to wow. hit persons. There is a realm which I have not yet been able to prove or disprove, and that's where you get into something very dark, very sinister, uh, maybe what people would call demonic, where there could be cases where people have been hurt and injured and even some cases possessed. It's not been my experience, though. I have not yet been able to uncover any such cases in my research, and perhaps one of the reasons is I screen my cases so very carefully. If there is something that we deem to be very negative, yeah. diabolical, demonic, if you will, I would rather steer, still steer clear of those cases and uh, give them to somebody more seasoned in demonology. Would I kind of like to prefer to investigate something more like Casper, you know? Are you ever concerned that you might be bringing some unwanted guest back home with you? I have it. I have in the past. Oh, my gosh. Again, my wife wasn't too happy about it. I did it accidentally. I mean, we were investigating a, uh, a case out in a cemetery where yeah. a young girl had been seen, uh, and we were out there at night on the way out in the middle of nowhere, and we didn't really get anything as far as an EVP, no communication. Uh, at that time, I, I didn't know I had sleep apnea, but I was snoring very badly, so my wife, sometimes if I got really bad snoring, she'd go upstairs in the other room and went to sleep. <laughs> and... Uh, so she was up there, and about, uh, oh, just about getting light outside, she woke up, and she saw, looked across the hallway, there's another bedroom, there's a mirror on the wall, she saw a, a, a little girl in the mirror, and she jumped up right away, and she said, well, wait a second, is she in the room by the mirror, or is she actually behind me, yeah. reflected in the mirror, looking down in my same room? And she didn't know what it was. She jumped up, just that quickly disappeared. When I woke up that morning, she said, what were you guys doing last night? I said, well, you're out there investigating a, a cemetery. She goes, was there a little girl involved? I said, yeah. She goes, I just think I saw that upstairs. So, you know, unfortunately, it didn't show itself to me, which I would have really loved. It showed it to my wife, who really did not want to see it. Tell me about the, uh, the adventures of the stories from Cuba Road. Cuba Road is an interesting case up there in the Barrington area. It's a location where one of the oldest cemeteries in this area uh, called White Cemetery uh, consecrated back in 1820. That's just two years after Illinois became a state. 
there have been reports of strange objects, kind of luminous objects that kind of float over the, the cemetery mm-hmm. fence, sometimes bouncing on the concrete and ricocheting off into the woods. There have been reports of a phantom car that appears along the road. Some people say it even chases them down the road. Suddenly the lights go off, they look behind, the car is gone. Other times it will pass by a silhouette of a car on the side of the road. They look in their rearview mirrors, they pass, the car is no longer there. During the daylight hours, people have actually seen two shadows, not the ghosts, but only the shadows cast by these ghosts. Maybe you might come and call them shadow figures. Right. Walking hand in hand along that stretch of roadway past that cemetery. A bit further down near where the Northwest Highway intersects, there's a train track. Mm-hmm. And people have stopped there because they see what they looks like a train coming down the track. They see the, the, the light. They don't hear any sound. Right. They're wondering why the crossing gates are not coming down. They get out of their car, look down the train tracks. There's no train down there anymore. So it's really uh, a very, very interesting area. Uh, they, they say the reports of tombstones moving by themselves. I think it's really the teenagers are out there, unfortunately, kind of doing a little bit of vandalism and moving them around, picking mm-hmm. them up you know, jockeying from one place to another. But it's usually cemeteries are not good places to look for ghosts, because I usually say in my presentations, if you died and came back as a ghost, where would you want to hang out? The local pub. But there are certain things in cemeteries that can attract spirits. Grave desecration, uh, ritual activity, things of that nature, even dumping of bodies that have been associated with very, very rural areas that can stir up paranormal events. What's what's dumping of bodies? You mean people just dump a dead body in a cemetery? Well, yeah, absolutely. There are huh. many examples here in Chicago. Um, uh, in cemeteries, forest preserves, uh, Bachelors Grove Cemetery, a very famous haunt on the southwest huh. side. Uh, we've been trying to uncover the actual documentation, but there are rumors and speculation, which is... Uh, you know, highly suspect, but also could be very possible that during the Capone era that bodies were dumped out there in that lagoon because it just happens to be a very rural area, and there's a cemetery right next to the lagoon. Amazing. You you, you said before a uh, ghost cast a shadow. How does that happen? Well, that's a good question. I, I yeah. When I say that, I'm, not, I'm kind of trying to grasp for what the actual okay. explanation is. Are we actually seeing... A ghost cast a shadow, which to me would indicate that there's some sort of mass to the ghost, mm-hmm. or are we actually just seeing a shadow person on the on the pavement that, that seems to be walking along? Uh, shadow figures are by far the most reported visual phenomena that we've been able to uncover, and I have seen dozens of these in different locations. All right, stand by, Dale. You and I have to take our final break. And Nation, our special guest this hour is Dale Kazmarek. And if you'd like to contact Dale, visit his website, buy any of his great books, www.ghostresearch.org. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like X Zone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Dale Kazmarek is my special guest this hour, Exonation, www.ghostresearch.org. How has Hollywood either helped or hindered the professional ghost uh, researcher like yourself? Well, actually, I think uh, it really made people more aware of what was out there. I mm-hmm. think the real turning point was in 1984 when the movie Ghostbusters came out, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed because I had been doing it years before, and I'm still doing it now, that before Ghostbusters came out, there were a lot of people that had ghost stories that didn't, didn't want to tell them. Really, yeah. Their fear of being laughed at, ridiculed, or dragged away by the men in the white coats. Uh, after Ghostbusters, and even these movies like Poltergeist and you know some of the more advanced movies uh-huh. uh, that got into paranormal techniques, that people were more open and willing uh, to tell their stories, and uh, it seemed like it kind of opened up the floodgates. It also, some of these TV ghost hunting shows on reality TV, um, also, even though they're not always entirely accurate in what they do, they have attracted a lot of people to the paranormal that would not have uh, obviously even thought about entering a field like this before. So I think Hollywood and even these reality ghost TV shows Mm -hmm. have actually helped the paranormal. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Dale. Why do you think, ghost hunting is still so popular and more and more people want to become ghost hunters now more than ever. Well, I think uh, because it's becoming maybe more more easy to pick up evidence, to photograph, to use cameras, infrared cameras, full-spectrum cameras, uh, to gather evidence. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are just curious of what lies beyond death. I mean, it's a matter of faith if right. you're, you're a religious person that we're always told that you know, this is in our entire lifetime, that we have something beyond, you might call it heaven, hell, the other side, uh-huh. that alter state of consciousness or whatever. So people are always interested to find out what lies beyond death's door. You know, are there people on the other side? Uh, their friends and family who have died before them, are they, are they still uh, there and uh, conscious in some way that we're able to communicate with them. I think that's what gets people involved, Mm -hmm. is that uh, idea that you can communicate with somebody that you knew that's already gone. 
How much does a person's belief, religious philosophical belief, play in the makeup of a paranormal experience? Oh, quite a bit, I believe. I mean, again, getting mm-hmm. back to the idea, if you were you know, a steadfast skeptic or an yeah. atheist and you didn't believe in God or the paranormal or anything like that or, or the afterlife, then you're probably never going to see anything because you're just such a firm disbeliever. I mean, there are people that call themselves agnostics that are not quite sure if there's something to the other side. And then you've got the believers on the other end who believe right. you know, they're Christians or whatever type of religion that they believe there is some, something after we die. So I think you know, your, your mindset has to be you know, focused at least on, as I said before, just being kind of open-minded to that subject. And if you're very, very against it, you're not going to see anything or probably experience anything. You probably won't believe that there's anything uh, after we die. We just kind of rot in the ground or whatever. As, as, as a professional paranormal investigator, um, it, it, how, how often is it or how frequently do you think people actually go to flea markets or garage sales and drag something home with them that they really don't know what they're doing? And, and if that is the case, what can they do to prevent this from happening? Uh, perfect examples, antique stores, uh, yeah. or as you say, flea markets. Uh, antique stores, or any place for that matter, garage sales, yard sales, you're picking up other people's property, estate sales. Some of this property may have been very... Uh, 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 might have held great sentimental value to somebody who was alive. Uh, they love that piece of jewelry, that brooch, that ring, whatever it may be. And there is some sort of place memory or some sort of psychic connection still with that person and that object. So sometimes when people buy those objects unwittingly, they might be inheriting something else. Um, it doesn't always happen. I mean, there was a very good case of mine where people... Their entire house was filled, basically floor to ceiling, with uh, with uh, different objects, and uh, eventually they they kind of narrowed it down to just these two objects. They thought were sort of ch- angel cherubs. Right. They said that, do you want them? If not, we're going to basically get rid of them. I said, well, okay, send them to me. I'm not sure my wife's going to appreciate that too much. <laughs> Almost immediately, things began to happen here. I actually. Uh, uh, felt, uh, felt, uh, heard a sound of uh, rapping on the on the inside uh, window. Uh, my wife, when I was already at mm-hmm. work, heard footsteps upstairs. When she peeked upstairs, there was nobody. Wow. We put him, the box upstairs in the bedroom. We heard footsteps up there. So the box now is in the garage. Uh, hasn't been active in a long time. But you know, once you inherit something like mm-hmm. that, the only really way to get rid of it is to figure out which object it is that you think might be causing the problem. Then. Uh, I hate to say it, pass it on to somebody else or just get rid of it. What about Ouija boards? What is your uh, take on them? Well, Ouija board are basically is the two words. It's just a French word and a German word, uh, we and ya, which means yes, yes. It's really just a piece of compressed wood, but it's the kind of communication you're trying to attempt. You're trying to bridge the, uh, this side to the other side using some sort of device. Uh, it's uncontrolled uh, communication. I like to often uh, summarize it by like picking up a telephone, right. dialing a number with your eyes closed. You never know which who you're going to get on the, on, on, on the other end of the line. And Ouija boards can be much like that. It's just like an uncontrolled communication. They can, in some cases, be dangerous because a lot of people don't know how to fully operate a board. They kind of open up a doorway, but they never close that doorway. So sometimes it remains open and things can kind of interact with them for a while until they get tired of it and they finally just move on somehow. I've had a lot of experiences where people constantly call me about Ouija boards, so much I had to put a disclaimer on my website that I'm not a Ouija board expert. And if you're playing with one, don't call me in the middle of the night, which often happens 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. My uh, goodness. Often a bunch of teenagers are on a board that they're scared to death. What about haunted dolls? I had a lady on the show the other day. And she had a haunted Raggedy Ann doll. And she said she went into a store, looked at the doll, and there was a sudden connection. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, again, you know, getting back to the idea of having some sort of connection from with that piece, right. that doll, that toy, that little toy truck. Uh-huh. And I've actually heard of bunk beds. Uh, wow. There's a case in Horicon, Wisconsin, uh, back in the 80s of a set of bunk beds that were actually bought uh, at, a, at a flea market, and there was all kind of stuff going on until they finally took those bunk beds out to a trash pile, broke them up, and burned them and it stopped. Uh, it can be mirrors, it can be bureaus, brooches, it can be inanimate objects of all kinds, it can be dolls and toys. Uh, again, there's a connection between that object and somebody who owned that object in, in many cases. Not all the time, but in right. many cases it can be. And you're just kind of bringing in not only the doll, but something else. In your opinion, if somebody believes that they have something negative in their home, and they can't get a hold of you because they don't live in the Chicago, Illinois area. What can they do to to protect themselves until they can actually find someone who, who can do something and, and eradicate the uh, the negative spirit? Well, first of all, I, w- I would always discourage people from trying to make the entity or whatever it is feel right at home. Right. And, which has happened in some cases. People will give it a chair uh, a, a room or whatever. Don't do that. Don't communicate with it. That just encourages it to, to stay around. Uh, if you need be, and if you are religious, if you're Catholic or something, uh, sometimes you can call a priest or a clergy or a reverend, and they can do a, a house blessing or a cleansing. Sometimes that does work. Uh, another thing that I have tried, and I've actually had a woman call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, had a problem with her house. I said she said her husband was out of town. I said, well, my wife's not going to let me come to this strange woman's house at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. So I said, uh, try this. Go into an area where you think something is going to be beginning to happen. Right. It's going to sound completely crazy. Take a towel and shake it in the air. And I said, what you're doing is you're breaking up the energy. And if you continue to do this every time you feel something, maybe they'll get pissed off enough, uh-huh. but they'll leave and they won't come back. About a week later, I, she found me at a, at a presentation I was doing. She said, you know, I, I did what you told me never had a problem since. Fascinating. Listen, we've got about a minute before I have to say so long to you, my friend. Uh, as always, great talking to you. What are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? Well, again, uh, just try to be an open-minded person. Believe that in your mind that ghosts can't hurt you, so they're not some really negative thing. They could be just mom and pop or somebody from the other side. And, uh, well, you don't necessarily want to reach out to communicate with this, but don't always jump to the conclusion that it's something paranormal and you want to get it out of the house because they have a surviving personality as well. Somebody wants to contact you with, uh, with a story or an event that, or an occurrence that they're having in the uh, Illinois area, or if they just want to find out more about you and uh, what you do, what's the best way to contact you? Well, they can email me directly at my website. Uh, it, my email address is simply dale at ghostresearch.org. Uh, so very simple email, yeah. or they can go directly to my website. Um, I do have a Facebook page as well, uh, and I'm also having Ghost Research Society Facebook page, so they can find me there as well. Dale, always nice talking to you. Please give my very best to your team, and I look forward to the next time you join us back here in the X-Zone. Until then, be safe, and uh, just keep the great work up, pal. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news, Exo Nation, as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, to contact Dale Kazmarek, who is our guest this hour, visit his website, ghostresearch.org. Don't go away. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. 
Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV. plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 